0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, November 11th, 2019, and very excited to bring an interesting topic on the five ways that streamers can prevent piracy. So what is piracy? Piracy is where somebody comes along and shares a password with their mom or their dad or their friend or in terms of like a streaming account like a Netflix or a Hulu or whatever it might be. Or it's where you go online to look for a free link to streaming certain content. So how do streamers prevent this from happening? Well, a little history. We live in a day and age where there's a lot of cord cutting going on. You may have heard this term. It's basically where folks are cutting their general sort of linear TV cable packages and moving to streamers. Now, there is still a larger part of the population that continues to use linear TV, and they may complement it with, let's say, a, a streamer here and there, or they might use an HBO Now or a CBS All Access, which is essentially a a app, so to speak, where somebody can watch their linear TV uh, online or via an app or whatever, whatever it might be. But we have other parts of the population that love to watch nothing but mobile. We have others who love to only do streaming, and they only want you know the high definition streaming, and that that's all they want to do. So ultimately, we have sort of at least three or four groups of folks out there who have. You know, they sort of um, their preferences. Now, I would say, you know, back in the day, there was a situation where cable companies dominated, right? And normally they would buy or have network content, studio content uh, via their cable packages, and they would sell that to the consumer. And then, you know, folks would generally pay anywhere from 60 to $100 a month. And, of course, there were satellite options as well. And then, uh, but folks, ultimately streamers came along, started to cord cut because streamers were so, uh, so much less expensive and they didn't have commercials. So people began to sort of pursue that avenue. Well, one of the problems with cable was that a lot of people were sort of engaging in piracy, sharing of passwords, sharing of accounts, looking for free ways to uh, sort of look at content. And we think of this, I guess, in the modern age, think of like when there's a live sports event going on and you go to YouTube looking for a, a free stream to it. Of course, YouTube does a pretty good job of regulating that, but ultimately that's just an idea of sort of what goes on. And so we had these cable companies that were trying to fight piracy, you know, people sort of uh, stealing content. Now, streamers are kind of moving into this territory now, especially as there begins to be a diversification of the streamers that are available. And the data analytics on this show that generally folks have a max of about appetite for three streaming accounts. once you get past that, you know you're 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 generally starting to lose people of course, with cable it hit ahead as well because ultimately streamers came along, but people were generally sort of getting tired of cable companies and uh, particularly customer service and how those things were playing out so Obviously, the industry changed. Now, for a little context here, from November first through the spring of 2020, there's going to be at least four new content streamers that will launch, which include Peacock, which is uh, Comcast, NBC Universal, HBO Max, AT and T, Time Warner, Disney Plus, and Apple Plus. Now, that does not include the next, the Netflixes, the Amazon Prime, and the Hulu's of the world, right? So, you know, we essentially have, we're going to have seven major platforms. So with the tours of streaming platforms growing, uh, the concern is, is will people stop sort of buying these new streaming platforms or cancel them and start sharing passwords to save money? And of course, both scenarios are bad for the bottom line of uh, these studios and uh, others that are involved now. In some sense, Hollywood executives have come to realize that piracy is—it's it, somewhat inevitable. It's going to happen, but I think there's there's ways that password sharing uh, could be made harder because at least at this point it's it's too easy and it's seemingly harmless. But I think Hollywood executives could at least either prevent or, or at least discourage, and if not, at best uh, prevent some of this uh, piracy that's that is going on and, and potentially will continue to expand as streamers, uh, get away from sort of a sort of more, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, global market in terms of where uh, you have more access to more content on, let's say, one or two platforms versus less access to content, you know, divided amongst, you know, seven different streamers, so to speak. Well, again, so back to the point, there's five ways that streamers can prevent or at least discourage the piracy of content. Number one is education. I think because things are digital, uh, particularly the consumption of content, you're watching it sort of online, you're watching it through your TV, it's not something that you're physically grasping, it's something that you're feeling. So I think in that sense, there may be some um, sort of misunderstanding about the fact that piracy is still stealing. And it's sort of understanding, okay, you know, the value of it, the money that it goes that goes into, you know, creating it. And of course, for the most part, when people, I think, psychologic people think, oh, you know, I'm not stealing anything or the streamers and studios can survive this. That's probably generally true. You know, I mean, you know they're going to weather the storms of financial change as, as do A-list acts or actors have some sort of an invincibility. But it's really the below the line talent, the folks who are not making top dollar that get hurt by this. And, you know, and and ultimately everybody gets hurt by it because it, if you have a back end deal or you're making money on on uh, you know some way other than just getting up paid getting paid up front, it's going to create some issues. And of course, so I, I think some sort of values campaign would be helpful here. You know, explaining what piracy is, and not just the FBI message you get on, you know, uh, the the different movies that you watch. You know, talking about piracy and the the uh, issues of sort of regulation and enforcement there but just you know recognizing that piracy is you know stealing stealing is wrong and really educating folks about it I think would would uh, would go a long way. Next is technology. There's either technology out there uh, that, that I've heard of with regard to sort of protecting and recognizing IP addresses, blocking accounts, asking for double or even um, a triple, Uh, Ways to authenticate an account, and I I believe there's other ways to do this. If if they're not available, they can be developed. You know, streamers should really studios and streamers should really invest in this technology. Uh, You know, everybody sort of is going to be harmed by an increase in piracy, and at 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 whatever level it might be. So, again, I think technology is going to be an interesting part in this in terms of uh, regulating piracy. The third piece is pricing. Pricing is business in business is something that's often overlooked. I think people normally think, oh, you know, you know, price really doesn't matter other than you want to set a price that people will want to buy it. Okay, that's important. But it also matters in terms of if you have a platform, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. Hulu currently does not have as much content as Netflix does. Now that may change as Disney begins to put potentially its Fox assets onto that platform since Disney Plus will mostly be the family content. So until this point, Hulu does not have as much content as let's say a Netflix, right? So Netflix can charge a higher price just in terms of, you know, logically speaking, regardless of sort of the quality of content, right? And so ultimately price is important and it's important in terms of you being competitive. It's important in terms of being comparative and it, and it should be commensurate with what uh, competitors are sort of, you know, wanting to experience. So this is sort of interesting how Apple Plus has, you know, set its price at, you know, what's it, 499 a month? And I think Disney Plus is going to be $599 or $699 a month. And, you know, Netflix ranges from $899 to $1599 a month. HBO Max is going to be $1499 we don't know what the peacock price is going to be. And, of course, uh, there's you know, uh, other pricings out there, and, of course, those prices may, may change in the coming months and years. But ultimately, pricing is very important. And I think this is where if you have a price that encourages people to uh, sort of – and it shows the value, I think people will be less encouraged to um, engage in piracy the fourth piece is collaboration. You know, I, I think that you know, again we live in an era where we're having uh, the sort of diversification of platforms, right? Well, collaboration can still occur and it can occur in two parts. The first is looking at you know, these deals that have been brokered between Sprint and Hulu, T-Mobile and Netflix, Disney and Verizon, and of course the built-in customer bases of Apple and Apple Plus. And then, of course, AT and T and HBO Max, since AT and T owns Time Warner, so you know, again, you've got mobile customers and/or cell phone users that can be reached immediately to create that subscriber or user base. These are great ideas, and any streamer sort of breaking in, at least currently, should be encouraged to do this. The second is, and you know, this is a sort of specifically calling out Amazon Prime. This is where they're in such a good situation because ultimately everybody has to go to their platform to reach other platforms. Now, that's not the case. You can go directly to Netflix. You can go directly to Hulu or whatever. But ultimately, this is where Amazon Prime and Apple TV and these other sort of Roku things are in a really good spot because people can choose to go there and you can stay on that platform. And ultimately, that means advertising dollars or whatever it might be. So… It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And of course, one thing I forgot to mention uh, with regard to pricing, going back a little bit, you know, is ads, you know, looking at, you know, sort of ad versus non-ad based content. And, you know, the data shows that generally people like to have options. And so, you know, having both would be great. Maybe one's more expensive, maybe one's less expensive, that sort of thing. But again, sort of back to the, the other point, you know, I think the sort of playing Playing nice in the proverbial sort of content licensing sharing sandbox is important. Now, I want to call out Peacock here, the NBC Universal Comcast streamer that should launch probably in sometime in 2020. That's going to be an interesting one because they're the only one that's come out to this point to say that they're not going to be exclusive. They're going to be sharing their content with other platforms. I think that's significant because I think they're in, in a potentially a really good spot as well because they have the network stuff. They have the live sports. They have the huge library of content. They have the history. They have the mobility. They have this new app coming out. They have a large linear television audience. They can encourage those linear television folks to start you know, using their Peacock app, providing it for free. They have both ad and non-ad based content. They're going to be in a good spot as well. Uh, and of course, any of these apps sh- should be encouraged to make themselves available on the Amazon Primes and the Apple uh, TV and the Roku or whatever it might be. And of course, I heard recently that Roku is looking to get into some original content. And of course, uh, Quibbly, the Jeffrey Katzenberg platform, is going to focus on short uh, form content, which is another thing that some of these folks can look at in terms of pricing and content and how that all plays out. And then lastly, I want to look at incentivizing folks when you incentivize somebody you have less reason to pirate content and so streamers would be wise to incentivize its customers with freebies uh the zone recently did this this is the company d-a-d-a-z-n or uh, pronounced the zone i imagine that was referring to like you're in you're into you're in the zone or you're in the zone or something like that but uh Ultimately, uh, sort of a, a nifty name. But the point here is that they've recently offered a list of free content. Um, even Amazon's done this through IMBD TV. Um, and because they've recently, or I don't know if it was recently, but they, they purchased that uh, specific platform. So they have that as well. Some of these you know, a- apps are sort of incentivizing folks by offering things for free. You know, for for again, uh, for one, it encourages brand loyalty. And secondly, it incentivizes people to stay on the platform because the customer is feeling valued, um, you know, based on something else. And again, having ad-based content as an option is wise, especially for folks who don't want to pay or can't afford top dollar. So in in sort of closing, you know, the coming months are going to be telling on how streamers uh, roll out their platforms. And specifically the who, what, where, when, and why of their content and its delivery. And, you know, piracy concerns are going to be a part of that analysis. The main point here, though, is that streamers need to avoid the mistakes of cable, where there was too much choice and diversification led to piracy. And of course, when there's too much choice, the sort of uh, tendency is for companies to charge more for each of their platforms because they want to make uh their sort of money per month or their money per year and reach their quarterly you know sort of earnings reports or projections and the folks need to be careful of that because i think we live especially with the younger generation in a time where folks are generally wanting to experience content for free or at least for a lesser price so streamers need to be careful of that so again uh to recap five things the streamers can do to uh, prevent or at least discourage piracy, the stealing of content through password sharing or you know, looking for free ways to view online. Number one is education. Two is technology. Three is pricing. Four is collaboration. And then five is through incentivizing its customers. So that's it for this week, folks. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you. Bye.